Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Friday, July 22nd. What's What is the daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues surrounding the New York metropolitan area. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Taylor Masetta. And I'm Christina Lulich. Coming up, we'll have some features from reporters, but let's get started now with the headlines. An off-duty New York City corrections officer has been charged with the murder of an 18-year-old. The teenager may have been participating in a TikTok trend before his death. Dion Middleton shot Raymond Shalasan in the face on the Cross Bronx Expressway. Police found a so-called bead blaster in the vehicle loaded with gel water beads known as Orbeez. Shalasan was sitting in the passenger seat when he was shot. The bead blaster shoots Orbeez propelled by a spring-loaded air pump. The design classifies them as an air rifle, and the NYPD tweeted that they're illegal in the city. Middleton was arrested for murder, manslaughter, and criminal possession of a weapon. Police are still investigating who fired first. Over in Central Park, one iconic attraction will be closing its doors unless it can find a new owner. The restaurant at the Loeb Boathouse will shut down on October 16th due to rising costs. Over 160 workers will be laid off, but the boathouse itself won't be closing because it is city property. The New York Parks Department hopes to find a new operator as soon as possible. They'll also accommodate any guests who have already scheduled formal events there. Tonight at 6 p.m., 17,000 monkeypox vaccine appointments will open to New Yorkers. The city is responding to a dramatic increase in cases. 778 people have tested positive as of yesterday, with roughly half of these coming from Manhattan. New clinics will be open at Lincoln Hospital in the Bronx and Gotham Health Vanderbilt in Staten Island. Or you could stop by the Bronx High School of Science, which will be a mass vaccination site in the coming days. Today, the Jewish Museum explores a pivotal three-year period in the history of art and culture in New York City. The exhibition is called New York 1962 through 1964. It examines how artists responded creatively to various events, including the Cuban Missile Crisis and JFK's assassination. And Taylor, the exhibit will be on display until January 8th. This week, the tri-state area is in the midst of the longest heat wave in nine years. Yeah, Taylor, it'll be a hot one out there. Luckily, cooling centers are available to the public. They'll be open whenever the forecast predicts temperatures over 95 degrees for two or more consecutive days. These centers include libraries and community centers. Con Ed is also preparing to respond to any service problems that could occur. And the New York Fire Department has also opened up some fire hydrants, so there will be a whole bunch of sprinklers on the sidewalks. Stay cool out there. The places where musicians grew up really influenced their style. For Greek-American artist Evagelia, living between New Jersey and Greece really became a part of her identity as a singer. WFUV's Nicoletta Papavasilakis spoke to Evagelia about how she incorporates these two very diverse communities in her multilingual music. That was the song Fotia from Greek-American singer Evagelia. But if you don't know Greek, here it is in English. How about one more time in Spanish? Fotia means fire in Greek. The song blends contemporary sounds with traditional Greek instrumentals. Through this style, Evagelia wants to connect new audiences with her culture. 
That is also why she makes English and Spanish translations of her songs. I sat down with Vagilia and talked about her songwriting process and how she uses her music to unite different cultures. For new listeners, how would you describe the type of music you make? So I would describe it as a blend of my two homes because I was born in New Jersey, but a month later I went to Greece and I've grown up living back and forth between these two places for my whole life, like truly growing up in both and feeling like both are home. And so when it came time to really figuring out the type of music I wanted to make um, that would really feel true to me, there was no way that I could ignore this side of me that grew up on the other side of the world. So Mm -hmm. we're like, we don't have to ignore anything. We should, we're going to blend it and make it like how I am. It's like a representation of how I grew up. Particularly Fotia, you wrote it in three different versions, English, Greek, and Mm -hmm. Spanish. And although the lyrics are slightly different, I think they can be understood and felt in the same way. So Mm -hmm. how do you go about translating your song in all these different languages? Yeah, it can be a tricky process, you know, because each language has its own nuances and different ways that syllables feel and consonants sound. I always just go in with the goal in mind of it doesn't have to be word for word. In fact, that would be probably a terrible translation if it was word for word because it just wouldn't work. But like really getting down to the core of what the song is saying and getting the message across. So, you know, it's going to be different words when it's translated, but it'll ultimately feel the same way. So what inspires you to create your music in all these different languages? Mm. I think the world is ready for multicultural things and being open to hearing different languages and learning about other cultures. So for me, it's very inspiring to be proud of my heritage and where I come from and to show people show people that because at one point in time, I honestly didn't think it would be seen as cool. This traditional music, I thought, you know, the Americans would think it's weird or like, you know, but I've actually had very much the opposite reaction. That was WFUV's Nicoletta Papavasalakis talking with Greek-American singer Evagelia. And in sports, the New York Yankees may have lit up the league in the first half of the season, but Act 2 did not open so smoothly. Colin Lochran has the story and more from across the world of sports. Yesterday was in fact not a good start to the second half of the Yankees campaign as they dropped both games of a doubleheader to the Houston Astros. Game one was a bit of a snooze fest. The Astros chipped their way to an early 2-0 lead. The Yanks were able to tie it up, but ultimately Houston walked it off on a ground ball that allowed Alex Bregman to score and secure a 3-2 victory. Game two saw the season debut of New York starter Domingo Herman. It was not his night. He allowed five runs in just three innings of work. Pinstripes got big home runs from Gleyber Torres and Aaron Judge later in the game, but still lost by a final of 7-5. Meanwhile, in Queens, the Mets will begin the second half of their season tonight against the San Diego Padres. Mad Max Scherzer will take the hill from New York and face off with Hugh Darvish. Flushing's finest will also hope to get help from Jacob deGrom very soon, as yesterday it was reported that he successfully threw a simulated rehab assignment that spanned 60 pitches at Port St. Lucie. 
Finally, while football still may be weeks away, one jet is already making headlines. Newly re-signed wide receiver Braxton Berrios told the New York Post that it will be a failed season if the Jets miss out on the playoff dance this year. With WFUV Sports, I'm Colin Loughran. Thanks, Colin. And now here's Elisa Ali with the What's What in Music News. The recipients of the 45th Kennedy Center Honors have been announced. This year, the artists who are recognized for their lifetime contributions to American culture include R&B soul legend Gladys Knight, actor and filmmaker George Clooney, Christian pop singer Amy Grant, Pulitzer Prize winner, composer, conductor and educator Tanya Leon, and the Irish band U2. The wildfires in France have affected at least two Pearl Jam shows. After performing an outdoor concert outside of Paris, Pearl Jam's frontman Eddie Vedder's throat was damaged by dust and smoke. He is being treated for it but has yet to recover. Hopefully he'll be back in action soon. Willie Nelson is launching Lucktoberfest this fall at his famed Luck Ranch in Spicewood, Texas. The 10-day festival will include performances by Tanya Tucker, Orville Peck, and the Black Opry Review. The festival will also pay tribute to a variety of cultural traditions, including a German Oktoberfest celebration, a Dia de los Muertos event, a rodeo, and even trick-or-treating for the kids. The long-running and beloved Newport Folk Festival happens this weekend in Rhode Island. Artists include Courtney Barnett, Adia Victoria, Dinosaur Jr., Taj Mahal, Sylvan Esso, The National, The Roots, and Lucius. Newport Jazz Fest takes place the weekend after. WFUV reached out to some of the performers from this year's lineup to explain why this event is so special. Anais Mitchell, Lucy Dacus, and Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes, along with several other musicians, explain the magic of Newport. And you can read all about what they had to say at WFUV.org. There you'll also find an archive of WFUV's coverage of the festival throughout the years. That was Elisa Ali with the What's What in Music News. Hear her weekdays on WFUV from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And that's our show for today. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Christina Lulich. Check back with us on Monday at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever podcasts are found.